Praise the Lord. Welcome to the official GVPC podcast. My name is Pastor Chris Keats. I am the pastor of Gila Valley Pentecostal Church in Safford, Arizona. We're so glad to have you here listening to this podcast. We pray that it richly blesses you. And God bless you. God was, was, was on top of everything. Then there were the judges, 
And, and sometimes those judges had others that worked under them. For instance, if you look in the scripture, although it doesn't spell this out exactly, uh, it, it imp implies that, for instance, Jair, who was a judge for a time, and Isvan was a judge, and Abdon was a judge, and, and these guys had lots of kids. I mean, tons of kids. And, and it's implicated that they use them to help the judges. Judges kind of makes sense because Jethro, when he came to Moses, he said, you can't do this all yourself. You need to get somebody to help them. Right. So they had a lot of kids. They said, we might as well put the little tykes to work. Amen. And, uh, and they, they used In fact, the Bible says in one place, I believe it was, uh, uh, it may have been Ab Ab Abdon, that, that they each had a village that they were that they were over and so on. So we, we, we look at that and we see that God had an order. I'm, this is the way it's going to work. We came out. I brought you out of the land of Egypt. I brought you into the land of Canaan. You don't need a king. You don't need anything like that. I'm here. I'll appoint judges. There, I'll give you judges. I'll anoint judges, if you will. And those judges will, 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 will work with you and they'll help you and they'll minister to you and so on and so forth. But... People being people are always looking outside the box. Amen. Now, I, I, I want to say something here. You know, we, we like to criticize. People like to criticize inside the box thinking. They say you've got to get outside the box. And that's all fine and good to a certain extent. Amen. I mean, it's all, it really sounds good. You need to get outside of the box. You need to... You need to move out beyond your own parameters. You, you need to expand your boundaries. You, you need to think about things and try different things. That's good a lot of time. And sometimes it'll get you in a heap of trouble. Amen. Sometimes the best thing to do is to stay inside of the sheepfold. Sometimes the best thing to do is to run to the name of the Lord, which is a strong tower. And get inside the box. If that box is what God has ordained and set up for you, all you're asking for yourself is trouble if you get outside of the box. Amen. Amen. Uh, somebody preached one time, he was teaching. He said, he said there, there are two types of beings or creatures that hate fences. They, they, they don't like fences. They, 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 he said one of them is children and the other one is animals. You think about it. The kids are always trying to get out of the gate and the dogs are always trying to dig under it. The adults that built the fence understand why the fence is there. It's to keep the bad things out and to keep the good things in. It's a place, it's a boundary. It's a, it's a, it's a protection against the things that are out there. And so we understand that. But the kids are, you don't leave... Why do we build gates around swimming pools? Fences around swimming pools. Amen. Amen. Why do they put you in jail if you don't put a fence sometimes around swimming pool? Because what's going to happen is the two-year-old is going to go up there and open up the, the gate, walk in, and drown. But they're going to do it. You better believe they're going to do it. Amen. Amen. The problem, one problem we have in this neighborhood or in this town is there's a lot of dogs and people don't put inside their fences. Right. One of the ladies down the street has been bit several times. 
I think there's a couple of lessons to learn from this situation. She said she's been bit by the same dog three times because it's got out and bit her. One thing you do is you don't go down that street anymore. You might call the cops or whatever, but if that dog keeps getting out and biting you, don't go down that street. Of course, they need to keep the dog in. So, but we, they wanted to think outside the box, and so they're always looking for a way to, to, to do something. And so along comes a judge, his name is Gideon, and he, this is an interesting situation. He, he is he's threshing wheat. Um, and uh, he's hiding from the Midianites and God, I'm not going to tell the whole story, but God comes in and calls him to fight against the Midianites. He takes 300 men, ultimately it was 20 some thousand or 32,000, I don't remember exactly. And uh, he takes these men and God uh, just kind of narrows it down to where he's got 300 men that are ready to go fight. And, uh, and he takes those men and he defeats the Midianites. There are more messages, more sermons, more interesting things from this. In the end, though, he, he's finished with it all. He puts a whip in all the bad guys. And he comes in, and the men of Israel look to Gideon. I mean, they've been under the reign and the oppression of these Midianites for all of these years. And they look at Gideon, and they say this. And the men of Israel said unto Gideon, Rule thou over us. Both thou and thy son, and thy son's son also, for thou hast delivered us from the hand of Midian. They're like, man, at last we found somebody. He can keep things going all right. He'll whoop up on all the bad guys. We know that that's not the way it was originally designed, but, but this sounds like a good idea to us. But Gideon understood the order that God had placed in Israel. And he said, I will not rule over you. Neither shall my son rule over you. The Lord shall rule over you. This is the way it's designed. Gideon, Gideon he, he made a big mistake right after that. He created what was called an ephod or a, a probably a statue or some sort of, probably meant it as a memorial is what he meant it as. He created a memorial, took the, they had went and taken all of the earrings, the golden earrings from their enemies when they spoiled them. He said, give me those earrings. He created a memorial and Gideon's ephod though, because even though I don't believe that Gideon meant it as an idol, the, the people of Israel were so dense and stubborn, they turned it into an idol. And so, but Gideon quashed that idea. I'm not going to be... Uh, I'm not going to be your king. I'm not going to be, uh, my sons aren't going to be your king. God is your king. So that's that. And if we begin to look at the way that, that God has set things up, God has things in an order. Jesus talked about from the beginning, it was a, a man and a woman. They were married. You know, and, uh, we, we look at the way that God has set up the church. And throughout the scripture, we find that there are, there's an order that God has. And, and just a, a simple thing is you you got God first and, and the church and the family and then submission to government. Now all of those things are in the scripture. And they all work together. Now, let me tell you something right now, okay? I, I want to make something very clear to you. I have heard people say, well, I don't I, I, I I've got to pay attention to my family 
and, and because I've got to pay attention to my family, or because I've got to work with my family, I can't do the, I can't work with the church, I can't do the things of the church. If you are doing right by the church, you'll do right by your family. If you're doing right by God, you'll do right by the church and by your family. It's not mutually exclusive things. One does not exclude the other. You need to understand, you can do right by your family, do right by God, do right by church. You don't have to push one out. They all work together. Amen, amen. I've seen people that have thrown themselves into certain things. I've seen people that have said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take care of my family. So I can't, I can't do the things of church. I've seen things, people say, well, I'm going to take care of the church. I can't do the things for my family. And, and I, this is my first priority. Your pr first priority is God. Everything else comes after that. Amen. And whenever our first priority is really God, everything else will work together. Amen. It will. It will all work together. It becomes part. Amen. If you're really serving God, and you're really submitting yourself to God. You'll do the will of God when it comes to his body, the body of Christ, or your family. The last thing is, is that the, the, the Bible tells Romans 13 that we're to obey them, to have the rule, or, or to, to submit ourselves to the authorities. And, and Peter says the same thing, honor the king, so on and so forth. And we understand that, that there are certain things that we have to do. Now the problem is... Is when the order gets messed up. Amen. Whenever, whenever things get out of order. Whenever we elevate something that should not be elevated uh, over something else. When we elevate our interest uh, over the things of God. Or we elevate the edicts of the government over what the church teaches. This is when things get sketchy. This is when things get messed up. And so, consequently, when we look at that, um, we need to understand that when we serve God, when we're faithful to His body, we raise and we love our families, we love our spouse, we raise up our children in the fear and the admonition of the Lord, we submit to the governmental authority as ordained by God. When we do that, most of the time, now let me, let me, let me clarify something here. Everything doesn't always work out all the time. The Bible says the rains on the just and the rains on the unjust. Things happen. Good people, uh, uh, bad things happen to good people. It's not their fault sometimes. We, we go through trauma. We go through tragedy. We lose people. We live, lose friends and loved ones and a lot of different things. And, and, and we, if you're living for God and you're filled with the Holy Ghost, you understand that, that in spite of those sort of things, uh, amen, that, 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 that the consolation is this. Uh, that in, uh, through it all, what was it the song, Andre Castro? Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Even though I don't understand why certain things happen in my life, uh, through all of this, uh, and brother, sister, I've been through all kinds of things. I've lost friends, I've lost family, I've lost people close to me. I've seen, I, I've been, I, I've, had a, I've never had much money. But I've been doing all right. Many times I've been as broke. What's Mother Nature? Somebody broke as a joke. Amen. I've been, I'm so broke I can't pay attention sometimes. Amen. And I've been there. I've been through that. I've dealt with physical ailments. I've dealt with. I, because all of you can say that. All of you know what it's like. All of you, most of you, 
and pull out. Amen. Why did I get shot in the stomach, Brother Raymond? Said? Why did I have to go through all that stuff? I don't know, because you're a bad guy. Uh, I so, <laughs> uh, but I mean, seriously, why? I, I don't know why you went through that, Brother Raymond. But you've got a testimony. And through all of that, God was always there. He never failed you. He never forsook you. He was always there. And so we understand that. Amen. But we also understand that if we, if we, if we meet the formula, if we trust in God and we are faithful, we don't forsake the assembly together, we, we raise our kids in church, and we love our spouse, and we love our family, and, 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 and we discipline and, and love our children, raise them right, and, and do everything. Then, then the, I'm not going to call it the chances. I don't want to use that word. But more than likely, things are going to work out better for you. I mean, they have statistics for that. The kids that, that are raised in good, solid nuclear families tend to graduate from high school, go to college or whatever. You know, college has become less and less important nowadays, it seems like. Right. Go, go to school. They, they graduate from high school. They, they don't go to jail. They don't end up on welfare. They all, I mean, I'm just going to tell y'all something. And y'all, we've got such a mixed multitude here. Y'all have been from every kind of situation that you've been. You've seen your, your families messed up. You were some of your race and families that, you, that were just all tore up. Some of you don't hardly even know your parents. So you know what I'm talking about. Because where are you all right now is only because of the grace of God. Amen. Amen. Not because of what your family did, but because of the grace of God. And that's another wonderful thing. Amen. Is that whenever we have went through all of the stuff, and by rights, we should be in the gutter. Amen. At the very bottom, the grace of God is still there. And so, so when we look at all of this, but we know that if we if we stay in the order, I'm going to tell you young people, we, you're almost all young people here. I'm going to tell you this. You raise your children in the church. You, you raise them to be honest. You raise them to have ethics. You put principles up. Amen. There are good moral principles in their mind. They're not always going to behave. And they may act like a bunch of heathens. But, 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 but it's a better chance that they're going to be all right. Amen. I, I, I use this example. Some of y'all were raised around that. My nephew Jay, you went to school with him. He was a heathen, wasn't he? He was there. He's a little heathen. Amen. Just, and and he, he just was a heathen. He was a nice kid. He was a likable kid. He was just a little heathen. Amen. He just did dumb stuff. He got himself involved. He just was a heathen, you know, sometimes. But my sister and my brother-in-law raised him right. They kept praying for him. They were there for him. And, they kept on. and somehow or another, that heathen of a nephew, Jake, has turned into a tremendous preacher and a tremendous man of God. Amen. Why? Because it's more than likely that when you stick to the order, things will, things will work out. Not always. Not always because things happen. But if you stick to the order, you want your children to live for God, you live for God and do right. And so, and you know what I'm saying. Like I said, it doesn't always work that way. 
Uh, like I say, it doesn't always happen that way. Sometimes, you know, you know, kids have to make their own decisions and they do things that you wish they would not do. But, but, but when they're old, then I think they, they, you know, the chances are really good. So, um, so here, here was the situation. Gideon said, here, here's the order. God rules over you. All judgment, God rules over you. And, um, and so, sounded like a great thing. And Gideon judged for 40 years. Right. And everything was great. But as soon as Gideon died, as soon as it, and the Bible says it, this is mind-blowing to me. And Gideon, the son of Joash, died in a good old age and was buried in the sepulcher of Joash's father, an opera of, the, of his rights. And it came to pass as soon as Gideon was dead. I mean, it's like, they're coming down here for the viewing. He's dead. Let's go. As soon as Gideon was dead, the people of Israel, the children of Israel turned again and went a whoring after Baal. Where did everybody go? They ain't at the tabernacle. Amen. And the children of Israel remembered not the Lord their God. My Lord, I don't know what it is about this. This collar, but it's about to run me just slightly crazy. Amen. Excuse me for getting comfortable. Amen. Children of Israel remember not their God, Lord their God, who had delivered them out of the hands of all their enemies on every side. Neither showed they kindness to the house of Jeroboam, which is Gideon, according to all the goodness that he showed unto Israel. Amen. Now remember, these are the same folks that not too long, sometime before, had wanted to make. In King. So here we go. They're just going start raving nuts. They're doing everything they want to. They're building idols. They're, they're, they've got groves. They've got high places. They're doing all of these things. And it's just, it's just a mess. Amen. And then the Bible says this happened. Now, now Gideon had a whole bunch of sons. He had like, I think it was like 70 different sons. But he had another son. That was by a concubine from, from Shechem. And um, his name was Abimelech. And I suspect Abimelech might have felt a little distance from the rest of his son, uh, of his half-brothers there. And so the Bible tells us that he went to the men of Shechem, which were related to him. He was from Shechem. And he went to Shechem. And he said, Do you want to be ruled by these 70 guys? Or do you want to be ruled by me? I don't know, but I, it is possible that the, the sons of, 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 of Gideon were trying to keep things in order. Maybe they were out here saying, hey guys, you don't want to do that. You know what our dad said? He said we got to be ruled by God. You need to put away those idols. They just didn't seem to have the authority that their daddy had. I mean, their daddy had put a whipping on the Midianites, and whatever Gideon, even though he started out kind of a little mild, whatever Gideon said, get rid of that junk, they listened to him. 
He had, he had whooped up on some of the old people who had, had treated him wrong. And I mean, whenever Gideon spoke, uh, people listened. But here came the 70 sons of Gideon, and they may not have had the same authority, but they're trying. They're out here saying, listen, folks, you know, uh, you, you may be going and preaching and talking and saying, look, we got to stop this. Uh, you see what has happened in the uh, before. You see how things have went on. You see how we've been oppressed by the Midianites and by the Philistines and by everybody because of this. So, man, you got to stop this. And Abimelech, uh, who is an ungodly man, uh, comes, for, uh, comes forward to the people of Shechem and says, you want to have to listen to those dudes or just me? I'm your brother. And the Bible says that he gathered to him vain and lowly men. Amen. He gathered men that were, were what, what is, how does the Bible say? Vain and light person. These were shallow individuals. He gathered them and he paid them. They were mercenary. They didn't care. They didn't do anything for a shekel. And he paid them. And he paid them to go and they killed the 70 sons of Gideon. They missed one. They missed the young man, the youngest of all of them, by the name of Jotham. Now, then they went and they anointed Abimelech, the king of Israel. So here's a question. Was Abimelech really the first king of Israel? No, he was not. Because he was not anointed. They named him that, but God did not anoint him. Amen. Saul was the first king of Israel. Because he was anointed by God, by God's judge, by God's man. I want to say this as a little aside. Just because you call yourself something doesn't mean that's what you are. Amen. Amen. I can get off on all kinds of rabbit trails here. But I'm going to tell you this. I have seen these people. They call themselves prophets. They call themselves apostles. You can add any moniker on the Grand Poobah. Anything they want to do. You can add any moniker you want to do in front of your name. But unless God has made you that. Right. Amen. Amen. There was a guy a few years ago. And he, he was online and everything. And, and he starts out with this thing. He has his apostles and prophets school. And if you'll pay $300, he can give you a certification as an apostle or prophet. I can print something out like that for a hundred dollars. And, and people were coming there and they were getting, I think I know some who did, they were getting the certification. They're like, look, I'm a prophet. No, you're not. You're fool is what you are. Amen. 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 But so they called him king. Then something interesting happened because they had they had forgotten about Jotham, who was Gideon's youngest son. Gideon comes in, and it's an interesting thing here that goes on. Gideon comes, or Jotham comes along. And the Bible tells us that he stood in the top of Mount Garrison. And this is an interesting thing because when I read it, I thought, wait, wait, wait a second, let me look at this. This is an interesting thing because when Joshua came into the land of Canaan, he said, that is not Ebal, and that is not Gerizim, or that site. Shechem in the middle of them. He said, the curses will be pronounced from Mount Ebal, and the blessings will be pronounced from Mount Gerizim. But Jotham walks up, and he steps up on the Mount Gerizim, where blessings should be pronounced. 
and he begins to pronounce a curse upon the men of Shechem and upon Abimelech. Now there's a little bit at the beginning and the end that might be construed as a curse, a blessing because he said, he said, if you will listen to me, God will listen to you. But they did not do that. And uh, so he, he began to tell them, he began to tell them a little bit of a, a, a parable. He said the trees went out to anoint a king over them. And they said to the olive tree, rain over us. Who was the olive tree? Olive tree was, was the greatest of, of the trees. The, the, the one that produced the most. It was no doubt referring to Gideon. Said to the olive tree, rain over us. And the olive tree said, should I leave my fatness wherewith by me they honored God and man and go to be promoted over the trees? And then they went to the fig tree and they went to the vine. And I think that this is in reference to the sons of Gideon. And they said, come down and reign over us. And the fig tree said, should I forsake my sweetness? And the vine should said, should I leave my wine with cherished God and man and be promoted over them? And so here they are. And, and these trees have said, this is not the order. This is not the way it works. But they just had to think out of the box there. And so the Bible says, and said, oh, the trees unto the bramble. Come thou and reign over us. Now, when we look through the scripture over and over again, those places, the thorns or the bramble bushes, it was a curse on the ground to Adam. And we look in Isaiah, where that, uh, Isaiah 34, that the thorns shall come up in her palaces, nettles and brambles in the fortresses thereof. It shall be a habitation of dragons and a court for owls, and it said the satyrs will be there, the night spirits will be there. And, uh, and it, it basically describe, describes the lot of nations uh, that reject God's order. And so they turn to the bramble, they, the olive tree will do it, Gideon will be king, and his sons will be king. So they turn to Abimelech, uh, who is a bad guy, and they say, we'll anoint you king over us. Amen. And John, Jotham says that the bramble said to the trees, in truth you anoint me king over you, then come and put your trust in my shadow. Amen. I'm going to tell y'all something right now. When you put your trust in anything but God and the will of God, you place yourself in a precarious situation. Amen. I, I look at our society and I look at churches and I look at people who have walked up from the will of God. Amen. And put their trust in something else. And things start spiraling down. Amen. God, help us that until the day we die or until the rapture comes, that our trust is in God. He said, if you don't put your trust in my shadow, let fire come out of the bramble and devour the cedars of Lebanon. Years ago, years ago, um, the immigrants from places like Russia and Norway and places like that moved to America. And many of them moved into the Slavic peoples. They moved into the Midwest. That's why when you go to Minnesota, 
places like that, they see things like Minnesota, and, uh, and there are places in Wisconsin where they have names like Johnson and Svensson and, and Larson and Johansson. And it's all S-E-N because they're from those areas. Amen. And, uh, you look at that, it's kind of interesting. But, um, and they, they, they were farmers. And they were farmers when they came from that part of the world. But they made themselves coats. And they say this is probably where this came from. But they made themselves coats. And they, they would get, they would get uh, cotton and whatever, whatever it was. They used flax or whatever. And they would sew it into the lining of their coat to, to make it warm. But mixed into the lining of those coats, there were seeds of a certain type of weed. And some of you will know what it is, but it was called Russian thistle. And they, they sowed it in there. So all this Russian thistle seed came over the seed. It was not native to the U.S. And, and, but it began to it escaped or fell out or whatever, and it began to grow. And it began to spread. Anybody seen, ever seen Russian thistle? You know what Russian thistle is? The tumbleweed. tumbleweed. That's Russian thistle. It's a tumbleweed. And it spread across the country. Amen. It's a thorny, ugly weed is what it is. And it has very little nutritional value. During the, 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 during the Dust Bowl years of the 30s, the dirty 30s they called them, they, the dust would blow and nothing would grow except for Russian thistle. They would take the Russian thistle and they would grind it up to feed it to the cows and they would reluctantly eat it because they had nothing else. Some folks say, oh, there's the traditional value. And if you do this, you can eat tumbleweed. You do this. It's like, nobody eats tumbleweed. I don't know anybody that goes out there and says, looky there, there's some tumbleweed. Let's have a salad. Because nobody eats tumbleweed. Those folks that say that it is dumb as a box of rocks. And I, nobody eats tumbleweed. And, and all it does is it, it sticks you. Have you ever got a good dry tumbleweed stuck your hand in there? Find out what it does. Or when they're green. Amen. And they get up all over the place. And, and they, they'll, they'll, they'll stick you and they'll poke you. And then when they grow up and they get dry. Amen. Here's the thing. The Bible says fire will come out of the ground. When you, do you know what happens when tumbleweed gets dry? It is a fire waiting to happen. You take a match and you toss it in a thick old tumbleweed. It's more fun than a barrel of monkeys unless there's something around. Amen. What's fun is to get one of them going and, and then grab a big old tumbleweed and toss it on top. Like an explosion. It's like gas is in that thing. But he told, he said, if you don't trust me, he said, fire will proceed out. Amen. Understand what happens when we step out of God's will. Amen. Fire will proceed out of the bramble and will devour you. Amen. Amen. And we see what happened. Jotham went on and he cursed the men of Shechem. And he cursed the men of Abimelech. And after three years, they got crossways. And everybody died. Everybody was destroyed. What am I saying? What are you trying to say, Pastor? I'm saying when you get out of the will of God, it'll burn you up. When you allow carnality to get in your life, it'll burn you up. When you allow apathy to get in your life, it'll burn you up. When you let rebellion 
But there's two types of fire. There's the destructive fire of the bramble. It is that fire that, that, that hungry flames of rebellion, hungry flames of carnality and sin, burns up the chaff, if you will, with unquenchable fire. Amen. Licking flames that burn like a wildfire through your life because of unrepentant issues. Because you choose not to listen to the things of God and hear the voice of God and the order that God has placed in the fire in your survival. Amen. Amen. I've watched the downward spiral of those who have chosen the veil of rebellion and, and, and carnality and sin. Amen. And taken upon themselves instead of the garment of humility, they take it upon themselves the filthy garments of sin. Amen. I, I, God showed me something the other day in my study. And I, I'm not going to go there because I'm probably going to preach it pretty soon. Amen. But they take upon themselves the filthy garments of sin that, that that it's just it's just vile stuff amen and and they begin to burn out like the the falling meteor that flies and falls out of the sky and, and everything gets devoured i know too many people i know too many people that have just seen their life destroyed Amen. In this age of social media, not only do, does it happen, but it gets pastured all over the internet. Amen. The smart ones get off Facebook and Instagram so that everybody can't see how utterly dumb they are. Amen. But the other ones, let everybody see. And they become a shaking of the head. The Bible says that's what happened to Israel. Those who passed by shaking of their heads. Man, what they used to be and what they are now. They fall out of the grace of God. And that fire just burns. It burns everything up. Anybody ever seen forest fire? No, you yeah. haven't seen them on the, on the mountain. And it just burns and it burns. And, and, and here's the thing. Let me tell you something about the, the forest fires that happened in the mountains. Years ago, forest fires were good for the mountain. They would come through. They were kind of like the, the, the fire of the Holy Ghost. They come through our life, and that's the other fire. comes through our life, and it burns out the trash. But it would leave. You would have these fires running along the bottom of the, of the, of the forest. And, and they would burn their way along the bottom of the forest. And they'd burn up the weeds and the trash and all of that. And they would just scorch the big trees a little bit. And you can cut one of those big trees down and you can see by the rings that there was a fire. This year, this year, this year, this year, this year. But they continue to stand. That's how the Holy Ghost fire works. It burns through and it burns out the chaff. It burns out the dross. And there's some scriptures I've got here that, that, are, that are so powerful in that way. But it, it says... Uh, but who may abide in the day of his coming? Who shall stand with you, parent? For he is like a refiner's fire. Amen. He shall sit as a refiner 
and a purifier of silver. He shall purify the sons of Levi, Malachi 3 and 2 and 3. Amen. And purge them as gold and silver. Amen. When the Lord, Isaiah 4 and 4, shall have washed away the filth of the daughter of Zion. Amen. And shall have purged the blood of Jerusalem from the midst thereof by the spirit of judgment and by the spirit of burning. And so this is what the power of the Holy Ghost does. It refines and it just burns out all that stuff. But what happens in forest fires is there gets a load of fuel. Amen. It's like the sin that builds up and builds up and builds up. The carnality and the rebellion and the garbage that gets in our life. And when the fire comes, it doesn't clean it out. It burns it up. Amen. And the fire comes out of the bramble bush and leaves those people burned up. I'm going to tell you something. It is a sad thing. But when we look at the fire of the Holy Ghost, and, and I am closing, amen. The Bible says in Zechariah, I love this scripture, Zechariah 13 and 9, and I will bring the third part to the fire, and I will refine them as silver is refined, and I will try them as gold is tried, and they shall call on the name, and I will hear them, and I will say, it's my people, and they will say, the Lord is my God. Amen. What a picture of revival. A church that the fire, the refining fire of the Holy Ghost has burned its way through. Amen. Amen. It's, it's burned out all that stuff that, that is just in the way. Amen. It's burned out. We've allowed. You have to allow God to do that. Right. Right. Hear what I'm saying. You have to let God do that. One of the problems with the force is called uh, fire suppression. The one of the biggest problems, the reason that this mountain has burned two or three times, is years and years and years of fire suppression. Amen. Instead of letting the natural course of fire burn through the forest, they put out every little fire until they can't put them out anymore. Amen. And the fire load builds up and builds up and builds up. Amen. Because of fire suppression. And sometimes we're like that in a spiritual way. God tries to clean us up. And we put the fire out. Amen. Every little fire that comes up, we feel, amen, the con conviction of the Holy Ghost on our life. And we get the water real quickly and pour it on that. God says, you need to clean up this area in your life. And we, we just spray it out. Amen. Amen. It's over and over and over. I saw a comic strip one time. This guy, he, he's, he, he's, he's a, a preacher. And he's running for president. And he says, God. God, if you, if it's your will for me to be present, give me a sign. Also, he looks at the burning bush, and the burning bush says, out of the burning bush, a voice says, Will, he, that's his name, said, Will, go back to your church and be a pastor. Quit getting involved in politics. And he looks at it, pulls out the fire saying, Only you can prevent forest fire. <laughs> and sometimes, that's the way we act with God. God sets a fire in our life to try to clean things out. And we're like, only you can uh, stop forest fires. Amen. God convicts you. You feel the fire of the Holy Ghost in the preaching 
or the church and God begins to work on you, you need to change this. You need to straighten this up. You need to clean this up. Amen. Hand me the water. Put all that stuff out. And so those things that God is trying to burn out of your life are still there. Those things that God is trying to clean out of your life. You know what God is trying to do. I think I'm talking to somebody that there are things in your life that God has been dealing with you about. Amen. They may seem like minor stuff. Amen. But that piles on that and a little more piles on this and a little more piles on that. Amen. And, and, and you're, you're getting closer and closer to the bramble bush when you let those things. And the fire that comes out of the bramble bush is not the fire that comes from the altar. Amen. The fire that burns out of the bramble bush is not the fire where you're baptized with Holy Ghost and fire. It's the thing that burns you down. Years ago, I hiked from Columbine to Webb Peak down into Ash Creek and back up, and I walked down off the side of Webb Peak to the most beautiful meadows uh, and forests I've seen. Uh, amen. There were aspen trees changing color. There were green meadows, water running everywhere. And I thought, this is so beautiful. And I looked out into the forest off the trail, and it was cross-hatched uh, with trees uh, almost as high as my chest, uh, and jumped in and fallen down. Just dead trees that had fallen and fallen and fallen and fallen and fallen. And they had suppressed fire for years. Uh, and it got higher. The fuel load was so high. And when the fry fire hit, it burned it all off. I thought to myself, if a match ever hits this place, it'll burn up and it did. Amen. Don't suppress the fire of the Holy Ghost. Stay away from the brand wash. Keep going off the fire. Something in your life that's getting a hold of you. That's working on you. And God tried to burn it out. You let God's fire burn. You just let it work through you. And work through you. And burn through you. And the refiner's fire. You'll come out as pure as gold. And silver. Amen. And you'll call out the Lord. Is our God. Amen. But if you keep putting out. And quenching the spirit. In your life. The bramble. Will burn you up. Oh, let's stand and love the Lord right now. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, Jesus. 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 I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I worship you, Lord. I magnify you, O Of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem for sin and for uncleanness. 
funny how you see these two seemingly counteracting agents being used to cleanse the people of God. Elijah was a prophet of fire. promote the will of God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 